I am the bringer of life. I am the destroyer of the world. I reunite nations. I kill all who oppose me. I am a machine, but I feel pain. I am human, but I feel nothing. I'm death. I'm friendship. I'm mistrust. I'm forgiveness. I'm waiting. I'm longing. I am the heart. I am the soul. The harbinger of doom. The messenger of joy. Passion. Anger. Fate. Destiny. Friendship. Love. I am the RPG. I am the golden years! Welcome to the Patreon special Dragon Warrior review for our Peggy. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Peggy 16. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, oh, you got to hashtag that right now. Yeah, Peggy 18 <laughs> for mature audiences <laughs> only. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Dragon War re- Review. Yes, you are here with myself, Bill, and we've got an American cook whose name begins with an R. That's all we really need, isn't it? Hi, I'm not rich. <laughs> this is Rob. <laughs> this is Rob, and I will admit I will probably call this Dragon Quest more than Dragon Warrior. So if you are listening to this in the 80s, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Sorry, everybody from the 80s. Uh, I, on the other hand, will probably call it Dragon Quest a lot too, <laughs> because that's just what it's known as. This is kind of like the old argument, isn't it, about when people say, oh, Final Fantasy III is the best Final Fantasy, and you're like, do you mean six? <laughs> it's like, that last dungeon, though, was a bitch. How can you say it was the best game? <laughs> it's just like, I know. You couldn't save. <laughs> There's no angry clown in Final Fantasy 3. What are you talking about? I know. It's just, come on, people. Like, grow up. <laughs> That's insulting half our audience. Uh, yeah, I know <laughs> I know. it was called Final Fantasy 3 back when you played it on the snares, but it's not called that anymore. You know? There was a Final Fantasy 3. There is a Final Fantasy 3. <clears throat> I know it on the DS. It's terrible. <laughs> it's my least favorite It's Final not Fantasy that bad. Game. I wouldn't, uh, I mean... I know. It's, it's probably, in a lower... 
yeah, on as far as you know, mainline goes, it, it is definitely lower tier. It's a lower tier, but yeah. <laughs> but man, I mean, I didn't know of. I love it. I think it was a magazine article that was previewing Final Fantasy VII. Is when I found out about the missing release U.S. releases of two, three, and five. <laughs> so I had no clue until like 1996 because it was like a preview article. So it was like my mind was like, what? <laughs> Seven. I've missed, There's I've missed, seven of them. I've missed four games. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was. Um, I thought I, I always. It's, it's so hazy in my memory. I, it was either when FF8 came out or slightly prior to Final Fantasy VIII. I learned about this, and it was because, I mean, I remember. I, so I played Final Fantasy VII, and mm-hmm. then I feel like I might have picked because I went and got Final Fantasy VIII on release. And then I remember being shocked that Cloud wasn't in it. There was some guy called no. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, because I saw all the updated graphics. I saw all the magazine ads for it. I was like, well, I assume this is going to have something to do with it. And the more I played with it, I was like, well, this has nothing to do with the last game. <laughs> no. It confused the hell out of me. Then I started, um, then I got into the dark, the dark world of, um, <clears throat> uh, of 90s emulation. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I admit that too. your own emulator. God, those were the days. <laughs> yes. I mean, I played at, at, before they were originally released. I did play the 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 Final Fantasy V Butts version and the the horribly translated Final Fantasy III version. Uh, I think back then I tried Final Fantasy II and I'm like, oh my god, this game is horrible, and just I <laughs> I tapped out after maybe ten minutes. Uh, I was then, I was pretty much along the same sort of lines. I played Final Fantasy. I, I made sure I worked my way backwards so that the mm-hmm. um, the the difference in quality wasn't too much for me. <laughs> so I, I went to Final Fantasy VI, which was called Final Fantasy III. So that's when I learned about this whole weird naming convention. And then I went Final Fantasy V, and then <clears throat> four, and then I went three. But the version of three I had wasn't a finished translation. So I got up to the bit where you're supposed to make yourself uh, cast mini on yourself to become small, so you can enter. Oh, I hated those parts. And I had no idea I was supposed to do it. All the text was coming up in Japanese, so I had oh, no, no idea and no clue that I was supposed to do it. And so I just quit. uh, i don't think i could actually fight i don't think i actually found a version of two back in the day maybe they hadn't finished it and then i played one it was just like oh my god this is so terrible why are these people rubbing me stop rubbing me to death (laughs) (laughs) what it was i i played you know i played one upon you know commercial release in the u.s i played four and six on their u.s releases but not to completion and then i you know before seven came out i backtracked like you did but that's 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 so how how's this, how's our dragon quest review going yeah, so far I was, I was about to say yeah i love the fact we've, we've started a dragon quest review and, and we've so far spent the first 10 minutes talking about fun fantasy. Uh, sounds like our other uh other other podcasts we just kind of go go left right out the gate yeah it's just like we can talk about this but first <laughs> but first the queen's tank license but i do like the fact that you talked about uh butts because i still think the butts translation is the best version of final fantasy V. How couldn't it be? I, well, His name was Butts. I know, but beyond that, like the story really like, oh, it gripped me. It was so good. The translation, the fan translation of Final Fantasy V where the main character is called Butts is it so was a, good. It was gritty. It was a good story. Gritty. I agree. It, and it's not, and it wasn't like, you know, how the norm for Final Fantasy stories is, you know, oh, it's it's simple. It's good versus bad. It's good versus bad. Then you get to like the two thirds away and it's like, here's a whole bunch of extra shit we're going to throw in. So you have no clue what's going on. Yeah. Five didn't do that. It was it, it kept straight. It kept on the straight path. Yeah, man. But I mean, like, 
the thing with the five translations is like the Squaresoft one is quite cartoony, and they've yep. kept it quite cartoony. Whereas XDef was a lot more gritty in the other version. And man, when when the whole thing happens with you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but the bit in the middle where something happens to something and then something else happens. Yep, yep. And then the other thing happens, and then Creelay. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> bloody Creelay. Uh, yeah, when, when she <laughs> when she arrives, I cried, man. <laughs> and this was post Final Fantasy VII as well, so you know. Wow. Hey. But yeah, I was really upset by what happened, and because the fan translation was so good. So big shout, out, shot. big shout out to the fan translation out there you know, before the bloody Final Fantasy V Game Boy Advance version came out. <laughs> now, anyway, so to bring yes. us back one point, wait till you get to Dragon Quest V. That's... <laughs> oh, I am so excited, man! There's, there's a there's a YouTuber that I absolutely love the bits. He does um like he kind of like along the lines of what we're doing. Like he covers almost all RPGs out there, mm-hmm. and the guy is a legend. Uh, and his favorite his favorite Dragon Quest, and pretty much he always says my favorite RPG ever is Dragon Quest Five. So I'm it's super pumped right now. At some point, I think now I have list high up. I know, I know. Now I haven't finished Dragon Quest Eleven yet. But right now, I would say Dragon Quest V is my second favorite to eight. Ooh. You'll find you'll find a lot of eight lovers out there too in the Dragon Quest world, and a lot of it's funny because eight's a little bit derisive as well. As in with the, the Final Fantasy games, it always seems to be cut the fan base in half. Um, it's hard it's hard to say what how you'll take to eight, but I love the story. <laughs> um, Gameplay is a little bit simplistic, but the um, the story in eight was really really good and funny I'm, I'm, i am excited to get to it but yeah there's, there's dragon quest five in oh, there, that's not too in, far away in number 39 it's a, it's a while away <laughs> don't you have seven coming up? didn't seven get bumped up or was five the one that got bumped up there's seven well they, they both received bumps all the blues are bumps <laughs> okay so i'm about 25 hours into dragon quest seven and that's supposedly easily 80 to 100 hours <laughs> and so far you've completed the prologue <laughs> yeah well and uh, um i other pod, another Dragon Quest themed podcast, um, recommended that for seven. I'm sorry, <laughs> Dragon Quest FM. The other one. Oh, the other one. <clears throat> no, we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. I will give them I'm, kudos. I'm they, two of their, with two of their hosts. So. <laughs> <laughs> the key with Dragon Quest Seven, and I don't know how you guys are going to do it in your format, but to play it in 10, 15 hour chunks, put it down, do something ten, else, ten to and come back a month chunks. later. Yeah, because if you try to plow through seven in one shot, you'll burn out. Oh, man. Uh, I'll probably emulate it and then put a three times speed thing on it. <laughs> that <laughs> that be... may or may not help. Just that... saying the way, just saying. <laughs> that, that'll be but... much easier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be able to play. I'll probably still be plugging along with that game when you guys get to it. So, <laughs> yeah, I expect it's going to take a long time. I remember Deesa saying, "I apologize, but I want to finish fun because <laughs> it was her Patreon <laughs> pick." She said, "I'm really sorry about this, but I do want well, to finish at some point." <laughs> I, I do myself. too. So I need you guys um, to play it sooner than later. <laughs> I've fl- I've beaten all the Dragon Quests one through six and eight, seven. I've got like twenty hours in. Eleven, I have about twenty hours in. Nine, I don't own yet, and ten currently is Japanese only. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because that's the online one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, damn you, Squaresoft. I know. Um, why? I love, to see, I love the fact that that's how like entrenched I am in this generation of stuff, because I still call them Squaresoft. <laughs> They've been Square Enix probably longer than they were called Square. <laughs> well, you're, in, right. you're in, what, 1991, so they were still Enix back then. Yep. Uh, and they're still Enix, <laughs> not Square. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, speaking of Enix and speaking of Dragon Quests, should we discuss a little game called Dragon Warrior instead? Let's. <laughs> Let's. Let's dive in. nice little tangent <laughs> you know we managed to talk mostly fine fantasy but a little bit of dragon quest uh we are here today to review the very first in the series of dragon quest which is the only dragon quest game i've ever played so this really? is my, yeah this is the only one man i've never played a dragon quest game they never your maiden me. voyage i know it's strange because i'm so into akira toriyama <laughs> that i'm really surprised that i never clocked on to the facts you know i knew he did chrono trigger as well i yeah. love chrono trigger but i just yeah for some reason just didn't clock in my head just didn't think oh you know are these dragon quest games are done by one of my favorite japanese artists <laughs> i should jump in never never realized it but yes we are here to talk about the nes release and probably some other releases at some point um of dragon warrior which was released in north america <laughs> now this is good there wasn't... <laughs> <I see you. laughs> I, I know i know but there wasn't actually a specific date it was released it was just at some point in august <laughs> and i'm finding this a lot with the older games you can often find the japanese release because they're obviously better at keeping records <laughs> but in north america yes. it was some point in august so <clears throat> i figured it's about ten thousand nine hundred and ninety nine days ago ish <laughs> almost eleven thousand and is officially uh, 30 years old for the NES It is version. there, yes. Now, the Japanese version, which was released on the uh, Famicom and uh, MSX, I believe, uh, was released on the 27th of May, 1986. So I was one. <laughs> I was toddling around. So that's 12,179 days ago, and is 33 years young. <laughs> is that all so so it can vote it can drink it can smoke it can do all the good stuff now and pay taxes now when this game came out in america <laughs> you guys yeah. were listening to a little bit of richard marx <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh no oh yes <laughs> oh no <laughs> This is what you guys were listening to in August. <laughs> They're waiting for you. Edit that out. <laughs> no, they're, they're staying in. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Problem is, I can't edit these things. <laughs> oh, when we've got no. music in the background, there's no editing to be done. <laughs> Why am I back in, in, in freshman high school? Oh no. <laughs> I just want to listen to all of this. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I have to say, you guys were listening to this, which isn't bad. Oh, I really want to get to the... Come on, where's the bit? Does it ever kick in? Oh, come on. A little bit. Nah, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough for each mark. Oh, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> uh, but yes. I can sing it for you if you want. <laughs> Wherever 
But yes, in the UK, we were listening to something a little bit different. <sighs> I think this is just one of those things where a kid's song occasionally gets to number one. That's American. Isn't that the American War? Like that's like World War Two music. Yeah, this is uh, well the tune in the background, if I remember rightly, is um, ah, what is it? Uh, like big band. Gene. Um, oh god. Oh, that's going to really <clears> annoy <throat> me. Oh, I know it. Someone's big orchestra. Uh, Glenn Miller. Yes, is, Glenn Miller a, big band. Yeah, famous Glenn Miller thing. But this is a Jive Bunny and the Mix Masters. Swing another move. <laughs> I think there'll be some sort of singing. Now you got Happy Days. Yeah, I think it just switches. Oh my God, off. you guys are merging all the uh, American Americana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we were listening to that shy. That's more American than than Richard Marx. <laughs> uh, we uh, Jive was a big thing over here as well, man. A lot of the American music came over here during the 50s and 60s. So it was all good. <laughs> we, we I'd take your song. <laughs> what, over Richard Marks? Surely not. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's the uh, ridiculous bit of pop culture that was going on backing the, well, the only American release in 1989, not the 1986 <laughs> release. So let's move on to the history, right? Okay. Well, ironically, just this past weekend, I was talking with my son Alex about um, video games and RPGs because he's going through a Zelda phase where he's playing through all the Zelda games. Oh, yeah. And I mentioned, he said, you know what the first RPG on a console was? He goes, why? Really? Do do I have it? Do I own it? I'm like, well, I have it on the phone. I don't know where else you can get it, but. (laughs) Um, Well, actually, it wasn't. There were there were console RPGs before Dragon Warrior. I think there was something called Dungeon and uh, is it called Trek? I think there were a few there were a few like dungeon crawlers. I think the first. So I one... lied to my son then, right? You tell me I lied to my son. <laughs> yes, basically. Yeah. Okay. You, you misinformed him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I misremembered. I believe the first home console was probably an Atari game, and it was released in um, nineteen eighty two. Uh, this is uh, this is like in Japan, so a lot of uh, wow. most of the original ones didn't get any sort of release over in the UK. But you know, I can quickly um, if I get this zoom thing out of the way. Uh, I can quickly refer over to my golden years, <coughs> golden years master list. So there we go. Hydalide was actually released um, before Dragon Warrior in North America. Yes, barely so, an RPG. So technically, Hydalide's an older game. Fantasy I would even star. classify that one closer to like Zelda and uh, 
adventure, but <clears throat> yeah. that's just me. Now, as far as the American releases go, Fantasy Star is also older. <laughs> I'm, I'm I didn't realise that. Oh, okay. I'm killing your brain here, aren't I? Now, you are. <clears throat> I believe Dragon Stomper. Uh, now, although we don't have official release dates for these, they're sort of, we'll say, December 1982. But we've got a small collection of games here from December okay. 1982. I believe <clears throat> Dragon Stomper is the oldest one on home consoles that was released in the um, UK. Uh, well, in, North, uh, in English, basically. So there you go. You can, you can correct yourself to your son now. <laughs> Knowledge. You say, Bill, Bill told me off. <laughs> but Dragon Warrior was kind of the first one, uh, you know, if you're looking at the 1986 release, that was on, you know, let's face it, the real, the real big first home console would have been the oh, you know what? Famicom. I know I can correct it. I can tell them that it was the first, one of the first RPGs on a Nintendo console. I'll go with that. You know, technically. <laughs> technically. That's how I say one of the. You know, technically Zelda 2 came up before that. That's an adventure game. America. <laughs> no, Zelda 2. <laughs> uh, but yes, oh, there we go. Deadly Towers on the NES. <laughs> 1987. But again, if you take the Japanese version, Japanese release is one of the first RPGs ever created in the kind of general style that we accept as being an RPG today. And I have to say as well, it is a dream to play <laughs> in comparison to most NES RPGs. <laughs> I, I agree. So I agree with that surprised statement. With, I, I was going to get the mobile phone version, which you know is a bit polished, has auto-save and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, no, do you know what? I'll just, I'll just get the old NES version and I'll go from there. I'll just see what it's like. I want to know what it was like back in the day playing this game. And yeah, man, Jesus, I was blown away. Like, just the colours... The, the sprite movement was perfect. The uh, the battles were so nice. They they ran really well. I was just really impressed. I was like, Jesus, man, this, this plays like it was made in like the 90s. <laughs> this plays better than most games. This plays better than Double Dungeons. Like, come on. <clears throat> well, yeah. well, what, what year was Double Dungeons? <laughs> Pardon? Uh, what year was Double Dungeons? Is that... 1989. Uh, so. Okay. I mean, it. I remember... I did play this game when it first came out. Um, I know it came with the game uh, Nintendo Power, but I actually bought it on my own when it came out because I was a glutton for punishment, I guess, and RPGs. <laughs> but yeah, I had a great experience with it back then. Um, the is This was one of the first games where I experienced being out and overmatched and having to make my way back to hometown with like one hit point and no healing potions. Oh, I can't like, tell you. I can't tell you how many times that happened to me. Oh, just like, hey, what's on the other side of this bridge? Ah! Yeah, and then you're trying Definitely. every everything. You have to move pixel by pixel back and like, no, no, no. Oh, damn it! Encounter. Run, 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 run. Okay, no, no. Damn it! Encounter. Run, 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 run. Oh god, yeah. So we'll get into that when we get to gameplay because the encounter rate in this game is crazy. I'm just like, oh. but I loved it. I love, I love the fact that it would build that much suspense for you. And it was very suspenseful trying to track it. I said, you know, like, I got to go back to save and I have all this crap and I'll lose it all if I don't. And, oh, <laughs> so much stress. Uh, right. So anyway, <laughs> the history of this game. So, um, yeah. So the game, which was originally released as Dragon Warrior in the US and Dragon Quest in Japan, uh, is the first in the series of Dragon Quest games. Uh, it was developed by a company called uh, Chunsoft and was published by Enix at the time. Uh, 
Uh, it was really, as we said, it was originally released in May of 1986 in Japan for the MSX and the Famicom, and it was later localized for North American release in 1987. Uh, but they changed the name to Dragon Warrior because they were worried that it would infringe on a trademark of a pen and paper game, which was already called Dragon Quest. But note, there was no space. <laughs> no, yeah, Dragon and Quest. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so that probably was a safe bet by by Enix to, to do that just to avoid any confusion. Yeah, because that was quite a big thing at the time as well. If I seem I seem to remember rightly, I used to have some of those little weird pen and ink paper board games. I yep. can never, I can never really get into them, but I remember they were everywhere. You'd always see them in the. In, well, the uh, '80s. That was the advent of Dungeons. Dungeons and Dragons came out in the late '70s, so this is when it was starting to really boom. Hmm. So all that kind of pen and paper group gathering, role playing was happening around that time. Now, one of the things I find uh, interesting is that the uh, American version was actually graphically improved upon from the Japanese version. Hmm. So. In the Japanese version, Rob, the sprites didn't move. They always faced the same direction. Ah. They were always facing south. So you'd kind of, to me, that would look like the actual world map was just kind of like moving around under your feet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of trippy now. I'm trying to picture that. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange. And um, and there was one other change as well. Ah, oh, I've lost it now. <laughs> I've lost it from the top of my head. Oh, yeah, um, saves. The so with the uh, American version, they added in a uh, <clears throat> a battery and a save and a save card, so you could save your game. Uh, because yeah, God, the bat the battery system for the NES, Jesus, what a terrible idea! <laughs> <laughs> hey, these will all run out in ten years. No one will care. Oh, God, <laughs> everybody cares. Um, no one wants to lose their save data. Um, yes. So uh, the Japanese version had a password system. So can you imagine having to, uh, one of the things you have, because there is only one save point in this entire game, and it's the king yes. at the beginning of the game. So when yes. you want to save your game, you have to tra you have to trade all the way back, <laughs> all the way back to the start. Go, There's no go. quick travel back then. Nope. Uh, well, there is, there is later on in the game, you've got the return spell. But <laughs> yeah. <that's fine. laughs> um, but yes, he, you, yeah, you've, you have to go all the way back to the king. So in the Famicom version, you have to make sure that you've got your pen and paper ready. <laughs> So that you can write down a big password. How big is that password going to be? Uh, I don't want to fathom it. Some of the passwords we've had so far have been ridiculous. The double dungeon ones were a pain in the neck. <clears throat> and, oh my um, god! What else did the password? Uh, we've definitely played. Oh, um, final lap twin. <laughs> so at, th at this point, you know, this is where it's just like, oh, I'm so glad I emulate save state. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I know. I forgot about the return spell because I use save states in my iOS version. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, yeah, the new iOS version comes with a, a quick save feature. Oh. Uh, so you do have like a save point wherever you're going, basically, which is kind of nice. Um, and yes, as, as we um, uh, mentioned upon earlier, um, a lot of the... Um, uh, oh, yeah, because the Japanese sales were so good, they massively overproduced the cartridges for the Nintendo market. Uh, and so, as a result, they ended up giving it away free with a Nintendo Power magazine. Mm -hmm. to try yep, I do remember that. And that is why this is such a long-beloved game, because it was released, lots of people had it, uh, and unfortunately as well, that has also had the knock-on effect that nowadays it's really cheap to get, your hold, to get hold of an original copy of Dragon Quest, because there was a lot out there. 
It was everywhere, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't like you know it would have released, sold five hundred thousand copies, been an okay success. There was millions of copies released all over the US because it was given away. And so it's one of those ones where if you did actually want to go out and buy an original NES version, they're only about sort of twenty dollars, twenty quid. Okay. You can get them fairly cheap these days. Uh, now it was one of the first turn-based role-playing games, uh, and had uh, that had like widespread success, which is why it's generally considered the first of the genre. Despite how, there yes. were a few games that came along with it beforehand, uh, and obviously it became a hugely successful franchise, and is generally considered kind of the standard for role-playing video games. Well, so, I mean, while... this. I'm yeah, sorry. Go... No, no, go I, was just, I was going to say that. The, for at least the first half of the lifespan of the Dragon Quest series, it was popular in uh, in America and Europe, but insanely, insanely, massively popular in Japan. I, I believe that is still the case. I, I still think in Japan, uh, Dragon Quest is kind of held just slightly above in regards compared to Final Fantasy. Yeah. So it, with Final Fantasy games uh, and you know other site other such titles because we've seen it with a lot of other titles that as they release the next version of the game and it goes up to like fantasy star 2 fantasy star 3 uh final fantasy 4 5 6 all those sort of games they tend to experiment with the format <clears throat> which uh, yes unfortunately with some games like the lunar series and um say <laughs> grandia grandia uh when they experiment too much they end up having an absolute stinker on their hands <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and, it, and, it can kill, and it can kill off the franchise um, whereas Dragon Warrior has kind of always kept it the same, not, not it's specifically the same, it. but they, yeah. they've improved upon it. But they've kept it generally. You know, this is going to be, this is how turn-based is. We're going to keep that sort of format, but we're going to give you a new type of layout, bigger world, change the world, all that sort of stuff. But they've kept mm. it the same. So it's often considered like a comfort RPG. Yeah, that's and a great way to put very, it. Very well. It doesn't. It, it's not like they're going to say, "Oh, for Dragon Quest Twelve, we're going to go steampunk." Uh, and we're going to action role play <laughs> steampunk open world. You know? I think that's one so, of the reasons why, because a lot of people always cry out for a more classic Final Fantasy game with like, yeah. you know, dungeons, dragons, castles, all that sort of stuff. But could you imagine being at Square Enix being like, well, that's what we do with Dragon Quest? I know. Well, that's the <laughs> thing bother? with the advent of 11 so popular worldwide. Mm. People are realizing, oh, like you said, it's a comfort RPG, and people are realizing, well, this is what I want. Well, there must be ten more games like it because this is number eleven. Let's see what let's see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did uh, you know that that Dragon Quest is so popular in Japan that I forget after which release, but Japanese government had to come to Enix and say, "Listen, um, you can't drop your games. You can't release games on school days. Yes, you have a yes. massively <laughs> dropout of schools on days when you release your games." Yes, that was so funny. I think yeah, was that. I think that was Dragon Quest Nine, wasn't it? When they released it on the DS, they released it on like a Wednesday or something, <laughs> and apparently, like, just the kids just didn't turn up for school. Everyone just went exactly to the shops, bought it and stayed at home for the day. And in yeah. Japan, that's like unheard of. I know. <laughs> so yeah, so the police then told Enix, eh, "You're releasing at the weekends." <laughs> yeah, it's enough. Stop that. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Do you know how many truancy calls I've had today? <laughs> and today was supposed to be my retirement. Oh. <laughs> but just it just it's one of those things where in america you would think that's crazy but that's the reality in japan how how popular this game was hmm. it's crazy so anyway <laughs> enough enough setting uh, enough of the uh, history of the game let's uh, or the nes game let's move into the setting
Right. So, the world of Dragon Warrior is set in the world of Alfgard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I believe Alfgard is what the, uh, is that what hometown call is called? It might be. <laughs> my, 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 my map that I've got here is so small. I really struggled to remember them. I think it's Tarangal or something. <clears throat> One other thing I will say, and this is really not a spoiler, this is not a spoiler, I promise. But the first three games are kind of in a trilogy. And the second three games, four, five, six, are also in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I can't um, seven, eight, nine in a trilogy as well. Not really, not per se. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, I can't wait till you get to play two and three at least. And I believe the full robust story that the three games give you. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm excited to do it. I'm going to play them in order as well. Um, I want to try and get through. I want to get trying to get through the first four by the time we play seven. <laughs> okay like i said at least if you get through three now i will tell you that as far as gameplay time wise i was at like on the ios version i was able to get through dragon quest one in about eight hours eight 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 nine hours uh dragon quest two took me about uh 13 14 but then when you get to three my gameplay ramped up to like over 30 or 30 hours wow Whew. <laughs> um good old elf god <laughs> yeah it's um tantagil tantagil there we go right uh or uh yeah oh god the game boy that's the starting right. castle yeah the, the the game boy version all had sort of weird names for it <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah you start off in uh tantagil and it's a um elf just a beautiful world i think that's the best way of talking about it really it's um i was so so impressed with how it all looks yeah, it's it's very neatly laid out. You can see different kind of continents and and you know areas that you can. Oh, the me. best part is you can see the final dungeon as you leave the opening castle. <laughs> you can't get. That. There's no way you can get to it, but it's right there where you can see it. I thought I, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I really did like that. <laughs> I thought that was really really cool. <clears throat> so yes, it's uh, but it's just the, the colors of it all as well. You come out and you're in this nice green area. Uh, well, actually, no, you start off and you're actually in the kingdom. Um, well, there's not actually much to say about setting. It's just like you're, you've got a very typical world map, which you have to walk around. There are bridges which connect part of the continents to other continents, so you kind of move on through the game. Uh, you get little desert areas. You get special towns that do special things. It's a very, I'd, I want to say cookie-cutter RPG, but it was kind of because it was the first one. <laughs> it's the one that yeah this, they, they this formed is the, one that the cookie cutter the, yeah they created the mold 
Yes. <laughs> so, there's, so I feel if it feels really difficult to explain because it's just you know, this is an RPG. <laughs> You've got a nice world map to walk over. You'll get our random encounters. Um, yeah, there's not really much to say on the aspect of the setting. So let's talk about the let's talk about the plot, and then we'll talk about gameplay. I think. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about the story of the game. So, um, yeah, okay. Talk about the story. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the plot, Rich. Are you ready, uh, Rob? Damn it. Go for it. <laughs> Such a fool's habit to say Rich. <laughs> here's the plot. Right. So you turn on your Game Boy. You turn on your NES. Turn on your iPhone. <laughs> the screen loads. You push start. You enter your name. And then, oh, shit, a dragon took my balls. Hold my beer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is the, you know that is the game now it seems to be it's it, it's the dragon lord like in later games i have to ask it is it just like is he a, a dragon or is he a guy controlling a dragon the dragon lord <clears throat> and see because according to the official story of this game he is a guy controlling a dragon the dragon lord was who you fought in the end of this game right <laughs> yes indeed so uh, you're 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 kind of asking me to potentially spoil <laughs> DQ two. Uh, okay, right. So let's not do that. Then. So okay, let's let's go back to the beginning. So okay. long before the game begins, there's a man called uh, er- Erdrick. Is that right? Erdrick. Erdrick. Who returned peace to the land of Algard by defeating a giant, a great demon, um, and the peace came with these balls. So they had these big <laughs> hairy balls of light that kept the peace of the land. And Eldrick... <laughs> I'm just popping all kinds of pictures in my head I don't want. I, I assume they were hairy. <laughs> Most of them are. Um, yeah, so Eldrick... Oh, God, that's such a weird name. Erdrick. 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 Uh, he, returns to, he returned to the king with the balls of light, and there were great festivals and all that, all that bollocks. They all got drunk, had sex, all that sort of stuff. You know, orgies <laughs> everywhere. Imagine the Roman Empire. It went down. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, eventually, Erdrick... Caligula everywhere. Caligula everywhere. Uh, I think they caligula all, all over the place. Um, <laughs> Erdrick took his leave and was never seen again. And then years passed and the people prospered. But one person was not happy with the way of things. <laughs> uh, this guy lived in a western mountain cave far from uh, Tan... Tergel's walls. I hate these words. <laughs> uh, I hate words in general. Uh, while exploring in a deep cave, uh, so this guy came across a sleeping dragon slumbering away. This is very, this is very the Hobbit, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, suddenly, the dragon, the dragon awoke, and the man was scared shitless. <laughs> so he closed his eyes to stop himself from crapping his pants, <laughs> but nothing happened. Uh, the man grew tired of waiting, as you do when you're when you're scared for your life, and he threw a stick at it <laughs> to distract it. <clears throat> but to his surprise, uh, the dragon picked up the stick in its mouth like a dog, pulled it over to the man. God. Um, yeah, I didn't get a lot of this from the game. <laughs> I, I don't remember the stick. I don't remember the, the domesticated dragon part. No, I think a lot of this has been added in in, in later in later versions of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the bloke was just like, hey, this dragon will do whatever I want. So he called himself the Dragon Lord. <laughs> uh, and then suddenly disaster occurred. Um, uh, Charlock Castle rose from the dirt grave. Dirt grave, I like that. <laughs> and then slimes and ghosts and dragons 
uh, infested the land. Millions and, started... and millions of slimes. Millions and millions of slimes and ghosts and lots of many dragons. They tend to stay near the homeland. <laughs> and they attacked uh, uh, Tantrageld Castle and all the villages across Alfgard, uh, who fought bravely, but the years and years of peace had made the people weak. And uh, the great hairy balls of light were stolen by the Dragon Lord himself. So. Oh. <laughs> oh god <laughs> now you're beginning to know how rich feels <laughs> yeah <laughs> so after this terrified attack uh, people were terrified to walk outside again blah 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 uh, men were killed traveling between places you know the world pretty much went to shit it's a bit, a bit like the end of final fantasy 15 um, <laughs> uh, the king fell into a deep depression uh, as you know and then his daughter was also kidnapped by the dragon lord at the same time he took the hairy balls there's nothing like having your hairy balls and your daughter taken at the same time yeah, yeah, don't get two of those together. <laughs> um, ah, but there was a myth that one day a scrawny-looking man would appear <laughs> <laughs> to help the king uh, retrieve the pool of light and the princess uh, Gaelwin. Gael Gaelwin. Gaelwin. Uh, Gwal- I don't know. I remember that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, these they went for the high in- high English uh, translation. I thought you'd be better with this. Let's, let's, no, no one's I mean, this no, is the no Queen's one, language. No one's good at Latin. <laughs> um, okay let's call her gal for now that's a nice, that's a nice common london name uh, so princess gal uh, uh and yet loads of other warranters had volunteered before and failed uh and the king had given up hope but when he sees this young man with light in his eyes caligula all over his face uh, he, knew, he knew he was the descendant of, er- of eredric so he gave him a few items like a shitty sword <laughs> So let's go save my daughter. I've got better equipment, but you know, in the stick, I can't get that. Hey, but you go, you go find a magic key to get the better stuff. But here's some crappy stuff. <laughs> yeah, here's some shit. Here's some shit on a stick, actually, a little bit. <laughs> um, so you travel the length and breadth of Alfgard, uh, of Alfgard, becoming gradually stronger and stronger, and then you eventually manage to save uh, the princess from the green dragon, <laughs> who's apparently called Lady Lord Laura in a different version. <laughs> so, yeah the Game Boy version just like all the names just completely changed and it's just it makes this research so confusing oh wow uh, so this person, who's this person who's this person yep. I will say though I see that they did in the original mark mark your character as a descendant of Erdrick yes they definitely did you were supposed to be a descendant of Erdrick so you fight the green dragon and save uh, the princess take her back Everyone celebrates, and you know the king lets you uh, have have your way with his daughter. <laughs> she becomes your little filly, and then you go <laughs> back out into the world to kill the dragon lords. So you know more, more fetch questing, more going about the place. You eventually find the dragon lord at the bottom of the castle. You kill the dragon lord, then you kill the dragon, and then it's game over. <laughs> land has been land and peace has been restored. The king offers you his daughter again, which you willingly <laughs> take, and he also offers you wow. his throne says you know you can take my crown uh which you decline and you say i'm going to go out into the world and set up a kingdom somewhere else because man there's a there's caligula everywhere in this place I don't let me ask you a quick <laughs> did you find did you know about the green dragon and princess or did you accidentally happen upon him massively under leveled i did happen upon him massively under leveled <laughs> and then i googled it <laughs> and then i found out that you're supposed to sort of carry on with the game a bit more and then come back a little bit later when you're a bit more powerful yes so that was yeah, one of that, those in that case before we get into that let's quickly move into gameplay okay
So, gameplay. So, this is a very uh, straightforward RPG. You've basically got one button. <laughs> and you can move Action. around. Action. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> you're a warrior. You're a nice blue colour. <laughs> My daughter loves blue. She'd love it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you have a very simple... You open up a menu system, which gives you the ability to talk, to open, to climb stairs, to look at your magic, look at your stats, and look at your inventory. And you know you can have very simple weaponry. You can have swords, shields, and you can buy new swords and shields from um, shop locations dotted about the world. And there are also certain special items like torches, which allow you to see in dungeons, because the dungeons do not have torches and are black. You will literally just appear as a one-tile sprite. <laughs> so yes. you have to make sure you have the torches. Um, or a good go, memory. Or a good memory, yes. Uh, eventually that bloody north, that green that where that cave where the green dragon is, you just learn that one. Yes. <laughs> I agree. You know, right to you hit a wall, up, left, up, left, up, keep going up, stairs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's ingrained. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever forget that. <laughs> I'll probably just say it wrong. <laughs> That'll be the irony. Um, Close enough. And you go out in the world and you fight lots and lots of little monsters. <laughs> so you start you start off uh, battling slimes, and the slimes are great. So this kind of ties into uh, Akiri Toriyama. Uh, yes. One of the reasons why this game is so enjoyable is because the enemy sprites are so good. Like they don't move or anything; they just sit there and they've got a nice little background, but they're just so nicely drawn. And even the slimes, it's just like, and they change color. I really liked fighting the wolf men, the weird little, uh, weird sort of dragon beaky things that you fight towards the end. They just all looked really pretty, and it made the game really enjoyable to kill these things. <laughs> it's it's hand drawn, which I guess everything back in that day was, but it was hand drawn. It was done with care and love, and you can tell he put you know his personal spin on each of the different kind of monster tropes. You know, be it a slime, be it like the uh, crows or bats. Yeah, you know. it just it just made it really enjoyable. But they've all got kind of like a cutesy edge to them, which is one yes. of the kind of the things that I do like about Akira Toriyama's art style. And uh, to steal a point from another uh, Dragon Quest podcast, uh, Dragon Quest FM, uh, they mentioned the fact that sometimes the most memorable characters that you seem to have the most enjoyment killing are the cute ones. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons probably why Dragon Quest is so well liked is because <clears> most <throat> of the enemy character sprites are pretty cute. Because like, who, what are the ones from Final Fantasy that we all remember? We all like killing cactuars, and we all like killing tombri kings. Those <laughs> were both they're... of those were pains in the ass. Yeah, they're both pains. Marlboros. Yeah, everyone hates Marlboros because they will just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they probably cause more game over in Final Fantasy games than Kefka alone. Yeah. <laughs> but. You know, but the cute ones that you fight are the ones that you remember, and they're the ones where it's just like when you get into a fight with a bloody uh, Tombury, you crap your pants. It's like, oh my yep. god, he's coming for me! Slow, uh, I can't stop it. But <laughs> with like Dragon Warrior, um, like vampire bats, you would think vampire bats are like evil, scary things. Here it's a little, you know, he's got a couple fangs, but his name is Dragon. You know, everything is a one thing. The theme with Dragon Quest games is is the play on words. And I love I love almost every play on words they do. So you have a vampire bat, 
just call him Draki. And now he's, you know, forever known as Drackies. And it kind of takes a bit of the edge off it <laughs> yep. and it makes it more fun and cute and more enjoyable to kill. Yeah. It, it really does. It really does have an effect on the game and the way your mood is while you're playing it. And it was yeah. done so well. But as wait you go get some, runs, sorry, I was just carrying. I was going to say, wait till you get to some of the later games and because they get all the puns and all the tongue in cheek play on words. It's just, you'll, you're, you're going to love it. Yeah. I, I hear, I hear there's a lot more coming up. <laughs> oh, lots more. But yes, so as you go around and you kill these monsters and you slowly level up, you will gain levels. Now, the leveling system's very uh, unusual because you kind of have a nice smooth arc up until about level 15. And then there's a huge jump in the mo like the amount of EXP that you need to get up the next couple of levels. Uh... And then it plateaus. And so you need the same amount of EXP to get the next few levels. And then apparently the final level, you need less XP to get it. Huh. <laughs> it's kind of like... Everything else in this game is very standard RPG, but like I say, I only say that out of the fact that it was the thing that was created the standard for RPGs. Uh, created the mold, the yeah. System, like most things have like a really smooth level arc going right up to the top level. You know, like the you know the same amount of EXP before plus ten percent, something like that. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this one just had this really weird thing where it's just like yeah, it's like I think they just run out of programming space. It's like yeah, we'll just do these <laughs> ones the same, and then that one could be a little bit less. <laughs> Probably, and then, and then we reach the right amount on the uh, <laughs> for level ninety nine or whatever it is. <laughs> I think you can only go up to level thirty in this game. But as you as you slowly level up and you learn new abilities, you end up getting uh, magics. And generally, as you're leveling up, the magic sort of pops at the right time when you need it. So I think when you get to level seven, you learn sleep, and then at the point where you're level seven and you're fighting all the other level seven monsters, um, they all have a lot more HP. And if you put them to sleep, you can just hit them till they die. Just whack them. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. Where have I heard that before? I don't know. <laughs> uh, right. We're just, um, Robbie, you're right to just run over a little bit. No, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Just time wise. But are you all right to go for a little bit longer? I'm, I'm good for another 15, 20. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> That's fine. But I double check. So. Okay. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, you gradually level up and, um, yeah. Okay. You go around the you go around the uh, the world fighting things, and you've basically only got two bosses, but one of them is a side quest. <laughs> yes. So the green dragon, as we mentioned earlier, who you have to kill to uh, rescue the princess, who's kind of in the the first proper cave that you go into, because there's like a little cave where you go into where you've got Eldric's Eldr Eldr grave. God, I just can't say that word properly. Eldric's grave, uh, which tells you like, hey, you know, I've got some special items dotted around. Go fetch. <laughs> go find go find my magic items and make a bridge and cross the rainbow bridge and <laughs> do this and do that. <laughs> but yeah, but in this first cave, which takes you through to the lower continent, uh, if you explore the whole thing, which isn't particularly big, there is a green dragon in there guarding a way through to the princess. So the first boss in there is this green dragon. Now he later on becomes a common enemy. Uh but that's like right towards the end of the game. So he's a, he's quite a challenge at the early stages of the game. But yep. again, kill him, save the princess. And this was probably my favorite part of the game, Rob, was the fact that once you rescued the princess, you had to take her back to Tangri... Tan, I can't say it. Tantagil. Tantagil Castle. <laughs> and <laughs> I loved it because the character literally, the sprite, she, he's holding the princess in his arms. And you have to walk out of the cave across the countryside get back to the castle and go 
Here you go. <laughs> to the king. He's got some mobile Brody strength, I can tell you that. Yeah, man. But I just loved that. That was such a such a nice little touch to the game that I absolutely loved it. I thought, oh my god, that's brilliant. That's just like that is putting a bit of love into the game. There was yeah, no need to do that. You could have just walked all the way back and she'd have been there, and then the king would have told they're you. Just, or just following your sprite. Yeah, or, yeah, well, that's what they do later on, isn't it? But it was yeah. just like, yep, yeah, I'm going to pick up this girl and I'm going to carry her on. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, and I never did it, but I heard that if you complete the game without killing the dragon and saving the princess, you get a different ending. You do. You do. She's not there. That's right. So the king just offers you his throne, and then um, <laughs> that's it. Now, what I did see, so uh, I was speaking to, um, I was speaking to um, uh, angry ass black dude oh. <laughs> on our uh, on our Hogib um, captains chat that we have. <laughs> oh, there's there's a secret world no one knows about. <laughs> All right, Cappy. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, I was speaking about Dragon Warrior, and he said, "Did you do the one where you rescue the princess, but you don't take her back to the castle? You go kill the Dragon Lord?" I was like, "No." <laughs> so ah, I looked it up on I looked it up on YouTube and yeah it's like it's it's kind of exactly the same as the normal ending where you've rescued the princess but yeah you carry her all the way through Char uh, Charolok Castle <laughs> get all the way to the bottom fight the dragon lord kill the dragon lord and you carry her all the way back to Tangul Castle and they're all lined up for you to celebrate you killing the dragon lord <laughs> and then she literally just pops out of your arms for a couple of seconds and says, hey, you've got to take me with you. And he goes, then you say yes, and then she pops back into your arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's a very slight change. But the fact that they basically worked out that people might do that and then work yeah, yeah, to, cover the bases. to you know, quickly not nick the sprite out and put it back. It was just like, wow, they've actually thought out three different endings to this game. Wow. <laughs> and put them in there. Now... As far as gameplay mechanics goes, we're going to the shops and stuff. It's all fairly straightforward. I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that you have to open up a menu to talk to people. <laughs> but I yeah, some of the older, some of the older games didn't realize that would be a quality of life thing. I know that the first Shining Force had that too, where you had to bring up the menu every time you wanted to talk or open a door or do any kind of action. But then in the second Shining Force, if you walk up to someone, hit the button, it automatically starts to talk to them. If you walk up to a door, push the button, it automatically opens the door. It's one of those quality of life things that they didn't quite yet know needed needed I'd, being. I prefer it to Saga Frontier, where if you walk into someone, they start talking to you. So if you get stuck behind them, <laughs> you oh. end up in an endless loop of conversation. But <laughs> but yeah, Great. I'm not a big fan of that, but I appreciate the limitations of the system at the time and why they put that in there. So you needed a menu to do various different things. And that was very similar to a lot of the, the old sort of uh, text-based games like Zork and things like that. Yeah. Where that's how that system works so it's not surprising that they're in that mindset you know push this button menu pops up you can use one of these options to talk to people to search for things whatever you want now one of the things i hated about this game was the key system <laughs> i hated the fact yeah. that there was only one place that sold keys but i know i know people who are going no you can get them in two places <laughs> i know you can use a key to open up that shop at the back of tangible park Ugh. <laughs> at the home <laughs> castle <laughs> and there's a guy there who will sell you keys <laughs> but oh man what a pain in the ass because i thought oh my god finally keys and like oh i can only have six at a time and then oh, i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna go all the way back and open up all those doors that i couldn't unlock before and then i finally i start using keys unlocking doors and i get to one it's like oh i've run out of keys and oh i yeah, can't another... that door in that castle and get more keys so i have to go all the way back to bloody room exactly that's another quality of life they, they fix i think they might even fix it in the next installment 
but the keys would have they'll have levels of keys like you'll have the thief's key then the castle key then the jailer's key and as each as you find each key it opens up more of the locked doors yeah i'm not i'm not a huge fan of that (laughs) i I will be honest it, it 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 forces the player to revisit so it it kind of it kind of works a little bit that you like when you get like all of a sudden you've uncovered like the third tier key you're like oh this key there was that one door in that one castle <laughs> where i did that one side quest but then let me go back and revisit and, and see what's going on in this town now so i can go grab the op equipment that was hiding behind this door yeah so. I, yeah i'm not a big fan of that <laughs> uh, but yeah but i mean as for the um, as for the grinding in this game it's not so bad do you know what I mean? I will remember that when you leveled up, it you felt more powerful with each level. Definitely, you can really feel the level increase when you do it. Yes. So again, as you as you travel the lands, um, they've put in place bridges, and there are people who tell you, "Hey, man, it's a it's a bit tough when you cross a bridge." <laughs> <laughs> they put bridges in to let you know basically that you're entering a different area, which will have different yep. types of monsters. And yes, um, I remember at certain points uh, on the Discord and on Twitter just being like, there was one bridge where I needed to go south to continue the game. But every time I took a step across that bridge, I'd die. Exactly. <laughs> so I started calling yes. it the Bridge of Death. <laughs> um, it's a trope. It's a trope that I still, I still to this day on any RPG, I see a bridge and I'm like, uh... God, should I cross it? Exactly. And it's, <laughs> it could be just, it's nothing to do with anything in the story. It's just, I've been tra- Pavlov trained to fear bridges. There's some, there's some ugly shit on that other side. I can't see it, but it's gonna fuck me. I know it. Yeah, man. Especially when you see the rainbow bridge. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. I, after all your fetch questing and stuff, uh, you basically you collect all these items, and this bloke finally unlocks the. Um, he says, "Oh yeah, you are the son of Erdrick. <laughs> He's. I'm gonna unlock the rainbow bridge so you can get to uh, uh, Harry Ball's castle at the end. Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, Sherlock Castle. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, you, that's a really cool thing. But yeah, man. Bloody hell! Everything everything just ripped me to pieces. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was it was a big accomplishment to finally be like, yes, I can access the final area. Oh, everything's killing me! (laughs) (laughs) As as you mentioned before, that thing that was that that horrible boss that crushed me at an early level. A level, yeah, he's just a regular random encounter now. Yeah, and he's one of the easier ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yes, just it was it was a lot of fun. I I felt like it was really well done. It was really well balanced. Uh, you know, I did. Uh, the only time I had a problem was I wanted to get, I think, the fire sword and uh, magic shield from the same place we get the keys. Uh, re- re- run uh, the town that begins with an R. <laughs> <laughs> Our town. Our town. <laughs> and I had a problem there, but only because I needed the money. And I spent so you a grind, lot. Uh, a little grind for cash. Oh, I, I spent a lot of time. Let me ask you this: Did you are metal slimes in this game? They are. I counted three of them. You, did you get three of them? I got, I got did you kill them? them? I did. Yeah. Quite the boon in experience, right? Huge boon in experience. So, yes, Metal Slimes now, are a staple of the series, and they were there, day one. Yes. Now, what about gold golems? Uh, no, I didn't see any gold ones. I don't think they were in this one. All right. I don't know if that appeared in that game, and that's what, but, but they're like the give-you-gold version of the Metal Slimes. Hmm. Extremely hard to beat. Yeah, I went back to an old save because I thought there was something I'd missed in the game and I encountered a metal slime at that point and it ran away. And then when I when I googled it, it was just like the the rate that they run away is insane. I don't know how it's I managed a, to kill three of them. It is. It's it's very <laughs> is it really in, weak? In, you only need to hit them once. 
you only get to hit once and you might hit or not and you'll do one point and you have to get the mercy of the RNG Jesus to say please don't run away please don't run away please don't run away yeah RNG Jesus was very kind to me at that point <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was when I was en route as well to kill the old um uh <clears throat> the golem which you needed a special flute for oh that's right ah oh, man i'm so glad i had that flute before i got there <laughs> yeah there's so much in this game which i can talk about which is surprising because it seems like such a small game <laughs> it, it but, is when you think about it in the grand scheme of things like i said my playtime was just over eight hours on the ios version eight so. hours i think i racked up about uh 10 to 15 See, then that would be running back and forth to Alfgard Castle. Yeah, most of the time, going back and forth, trying to bloody talk to the king. Please save my game. (laughs) And then me being like, why am I doing this? I'll just use a save state. (laughs) That'll sort me out. (laughs) Probably shared a couple hours off of my playtime, save states. Definitely. Right, so let's get into the the crux of this, yeah? Let's, let's, Let's rate this mother. Let's rate this mother. Would you rate the combat <clears throat> combat um i'm gonna go high i want to give it a nine um it's as you said it it created the mold um to this day there are still rpgs that that draw on this mechanic and the fact that this is 30 years old and it is still a smooth and a smooth and good implementation of how to you know put forth your input what attack magic block run those are still the staples to this day, so I give it a nine. Yep, I'm going to give it a nine too. Uh, it was enjoyable. Uh, I love the artwork from Akira Toriyama on on the things. It was very straightforward. Again, as you leveled up and you gained new spells, those spells were useful. Yes, <laughs> and that I, was I another think, thing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used sleep so much in a game ever. <laughs> that's the thing, and that's one thing that like Final Fantasy doesn't have. Like some of the earlier Final Fantasy games, you'll get mini spell or the toad spell i don't think i've ever used toad as an offensive spell in my life final fantasy career no i've only used it to cure myself of toad exactly <laughs> saying mini like i never ever offensively cast mini on an enemy ever it's just a waste of time just hit it till it dies you know hit it till it dies you know <laughs> just, just beat it there <laughs> yep. um so what about mechanics then 
So you know, you know what this is. So this is like the menu system, the shop. Yeah, and I dinged it a point or two for for as you mentioned the keys and and the, and the fact that you know the key system was kind of a little bit of a step back. I gave it a seven overall. Seven. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a eight. I think it was very very impressive for any SRPG, especially the uh, the world map is just a beauty. Absolute it is beauty. I was so so surprised. So and I think you've got a map with the game. Like if you inside the packet was the map as well, right? Uh, I think with the American version, yes. I don't think the yes. Japanese version's got that. I think uh, you've got a small guide as well inside yours. Yes. Or, oh no, actually, I think the guide was in the Nintendo Power Magazine version. Well, that they the, gave yeah, away. because this type of game was kind of brand new to the American audience. They wanted to make sure that nothing was being missed. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, story. <clears throat> Um, I gave story. See, I'll go eight. I'll go eight on story. It, it's a great story uh, for its time. Uh, it keeps everything right in front of it. it doesn't go off the rails. Um, I was going to give it a seven, but the last second I decided to bump it to an eight. <laughs> I'm I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, again, it's <laughs> it's decent. You know, it's straightforward. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't really that special. You know. I think when you consider, so a year later in Japan, Fantasy Star 1 came out and the difference in quality of story between the two of them, um, I'm going to give it a 7. I think it was okay for the time, but it wasn't anything special. That's a valid point. I mean, fans, mm -hmm. as, as you know, I was on your comparison pod, the Fantasy Star game was so, for the time, superior to anything on that, on that, on that generation. Yeah. And like, say, the last game I played for the uh, pre-golden years patreon stuff was willow and despite the fact the story was confusing as hell <laughs> it was a really in-depth story on that game um, <laughs> i didn't particularly like it so i gave it a low score but you know they really tried whereas this felt like you know hey dragon stole your balls go fetch them back and then at the end yeah. of the game it's like hey you got your balls back so <laughs> it's just one giant fetch quest so i'm gonna give it a seven because it wasn't bad but it wasn't particularly special so what about the graphics graphics <laughs> I agree with you. It's very vibrant, very colorful for its time, especially uh, comparing it to like Final Fantasy one, which kind of had a duller color palette. So I wouldn't give it an eight. An eight. I'm going to give it a ten. I thought there it was you a, go. I thought for an NES game, that was rather spectacular. <laughs> if I'm completely honest, I thought that was uh, pucker. <laughs> like the, the world map was great. I love a tier, I live. I love a curatory artwork. Uh, yeah, there's even like a little, I, there's even like a little opening FMV of the dragon like attacking the castle and stealing your balls. <clears throat> so yes. I really, I really liked it. Now music. I don't this is I'd... where I'm gonna. I'm probably. I might get some. Get some haze from you. I'm gonna give it a six. Six. Uh, the the overall the the opening theme stays with it, and I can still hear it in my mind. It's. <clears throat> It's a little more samey or a little more generic. I know system limitations and everything, but I'm probably going to go with the six. six. I'm going to go with the six as well. Uh, okay. Yeah, that opening theme is great, but that's mm -hmm. kind of it, really. The rest of it's really forgettable for me. Like, yeah, it's in, where in I am in too. In a nice possible way, but it's just, yeah, I just didn't really connect to it that well. <clears throat> um, so next up, uh, overall feel. So what's your overall feel for the game if you were to rank it out of 10? I see when I did my rankings, I used replayability for this number. So I'm going to have to change that uh, overall feel. I'm going to bump that up to a, to a, to a seven. 
Um, yeah, I had it as a six, but I'm going to bump it up to a seven. I mean, it's, it, this is a great game. I loved it when I played it. The only caveat when I, I remember back when I originally played it was, now remember Final Fantasy had not been released at this time. So my only caveat was, I love this game. I wish I had a party of characters. <laughs> I'm going to give it a nine. I think okay. this is quite possibly the best NES game I've played. I think possibly maybe Super Mario Brothers 3, I would say is better. But as far as, yeah, as far as NES games goes, I think this might be the best. Well, it's not. up there. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just the whole, the whole <laughs> with me, like I said, if I had a party, it would make it easier than, you know, the amount of times that I had to limp back to, to Tentagiel Castle, hoping I didn't get into a random encounter, hoping that the encounter that I did run into wasn't a preemptive strike and I just died because of RNG, that kind of stuff. RNG. So, <laughs> but I mean, this is, this is one of the all timers. I agree with you. This is one of the all timers on that system. You know, everybody, you know, Final Fantasy may be the bigger franchise now, potentially, but it would have been nothing if Dragon Quest didn't happen. Indeed. So overall, Rob, that brings us to a nice little total. Uh, you've given it a score of 75 out of 100, mm -hmm. and I've given it a score of 81.66 out of 100. So that combines together to give it a total score of 78.33. Not bad. Not bad at all. So slightly, then, slightly less than Fantasy Star. Uh, slightly less. One, one point six six points less. Okay, fan, I go Fantasy Star and eighty. Then <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know there are you know Dragon Quest one is great, but there are that it it goes up from there. That the I mean it's it's pretty much a very much an ink my rate my personal ratings for next several installments. Cool. So. Well, I'm, I'm certainly keen to get on to Dragon Warrior 3 at some point because I hear such good things about that. that uh, yeah. But, you, you do need to get through 2 to get to 3, but yes. So as a final thing, how would you rate Dragon Lord as a final boss? Out, now, out of now, 100. Now, what is the criteria? The difficulty or Just the overall character? Difficulty. Difficulty, I put him at a 50. Now, 50? Because, I would say I would say fifty as well, but because I was literally on the bottom level, that uh, all the guides I saw said you can possibly beat him at. <laughs> like, what was really, your final level? Uh, I think it was like eighteen. See, I was at twenty-two. Yeah, uh, they said like you know once you get past the twenties, he should be doable. But uh, I literally I had like I used my last bit of MP to do heal more myself, and then I hit him and he died. <laughs> I had like I had like one HP left or something ridiculous. I think I did I did post it on Twitter like I had so little HP, no <laughs> MP left. It was just like he died. Like, yeah. Well, it was one of those things where like I remember being at level twenty-one and maybe struggled, and as soon as I hit twenty-two, I went back in and I got him first try. But yeah, I think totally 50 good. is I think 50 is definitely a fair score. So yeah. here we go. I'm giving a rating of 50. Um, and that's it. We have reviewed. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the time. No, uh, thank you for coming along, mate. I really appreciate having your uh, experience with the game. <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah, especially as you did play it back in the day when it came out. I did. <laughs> Now, I can't say that for any other Dragon Quest. All the all my all my other Dragon Quest experience will be within the last 
two years. <laughs> uh, all of mine will be in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this uh, this Patreon review. Uh, again, this um, I think this will probably come out live on the show in uh, maybe December, January time. Okay. This, will, this will be a backup episode when uh, when the older the next frog's born. <laughs> so hope you're ready. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna equal you in number now. <laughs> two of them, two to you. Oh, two well, kids, two grown-ups. Oh no, I'm gonna be completely unnumbered. It's gonna be uh, three three women in the house and only one man. <laughs> get that man cave. <clears throat> exactly. I need to get the man cave in the garden going. But yes. <laughs> okay. um, yes, yeah, so hopefully um Rob and I will be back for our Hydalide review. <laughs> where I believe it will just be me talking about the game for about five minutes and then me and Rob screaming in terror as we have PTSD. I thought my idea was gonna, I was going to send you an audio file of me just going, it sucks. And you're just <laughs> going to replay that over and over and over. I'll count that as a guest appearance. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, then, guys. So remember, when the princess offers herself up to you, make sure she's clean. You don't know what No hairy mean. balls. Check, check her for hairy balls. Yeah, you don't know where she's been with that dragon. <laughs> Thank you for listening. RPG The Golden Years is produced by Bill and Rich. You can find them on Twitter at RPG Years. You can also contact Bill at Matunica and Rich at Hailu1569. You can also find them on Patreon by searching RPG Golden Years. And, as always, please show these gentlemen some love by rating and reviewing their show wherever you receive your podcast feed. And now is the time that our heroic duo check in at the local inn to replenish their HP. Good night, gentlemen. <laughs>